dare great things for Christ. Christ calls us to dare great things. In the marketplace, as well as in the mission field, there has never been a time like the present for the spirit of the Catholic entrepreneur. Now is the time for men and women of great courage and great vision to engage our church and our culture. Now is the time to dare great things. And here is your host as we dare great things, Father Nathan Cromley, the president and founder of the St. John Institute. What does a monk have to say to the Catholic worker? What message possibly could a religious have that could be of value to those who work in the world? Today, I'd like to talk with you especially about the value of the integrated life and how on this question, monks lead the charge. Hi, everybody. I want to speak with you about something that's especially pertinent to everyone and the message is really important. So I really want to start with a prayer and just ask for God's anointing on us today as we gather. In the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Come, O Holy Spirit, Father of the poor, illumine the hearts of thy faithful and enkindle in them the fire of thy love. Send forth thy spirit and they shall be created and thou shalt renew the face of the earth. Let us pray. O God, who didst instruct the hearts of thy faithful by the light of the Holy Spirit, grant us in the same spirit to be truly wise and ever to rejoice in his consolation. Through the same Christ, our Lord. Amen. St. John, pray for us. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. You know, as a my work as a priest, I, I get to work with people of all kinds of different states in life, of all kinds of different occupations. Um, and in the course of one day, I'm amazed at how many different people I get to experience and in just what a variety of circumstances I get to experience them in. You know, an example is a typical day. I, I'll, early in the morning, I'll get a text from someone celebrating the birth of a child. Um, and then in another text, I'll get someone that's asking me for prayers for someone who's, who's suffering. And then I'll meet someone in the office who's going through marital troubles. And then I'll leave the office to walk into a room that's uh, of young people who are celebrating. And then you go to the chapel and you find someone praying whom you know, and they come up to you and ask you to bless them because of whatever they're going through. And in the course of just a morning, you know, you kind of feel like, those old uh, army commercials that said, you know, we do more by 9 a.m. than most of you do by the rest of the day, you know, and it's kind of like, that's exactly what it is. Being in God's army, you're on the front lines and the people that you're there to support are, are of all kinds of different stripes. But you know, in, in all of their difference, there's some questions that perennially come up that just every time that you meet with someone, you know this is a question that they need to be able to try to solve. And I'd like to speak about one of those questions in particular, and that is how do you balance the different demands that are upon you? Family, babies, husbands, wives, uh, family, circumstances, balanced with the demands of your profession, your career, going to college, 
getting graduating at the top of your class. This is it's almost like you, you have to either excel in your workplace and travel, you know, become a, a million miles member, you know, of whatever frequent flyer club that you want and, and go everywhere because that's what it's required in order to, to live at that higher level in your career. And if you do that, you leave your kids behind, right? So is it the kids or is it your career? Which one are you going to choose? Do you have, if you're a, a, a mom, do you actually pursue a career while staying uh, fully engaged with your children? Or do you, do you take them with you? Do you leave them behind? Do you even have more children? Or do you advance in your career? These are real decisions that we have to make. And on both sides of the equation, you've got real things. And then if you were to throw a third question in there that all of us I know especially are sensitive to, and that is, do you pray? And how often do you pray? It's routine for me, for example, when I'm, I'm dealing with young people, you deal with these, these 20 year olds who are just complete saints. I mean, they pray all the time and they love God and they're constantly reading spiritual books and they're just really involved in their faith life. And then they end up entering into the world of family and the craziness of children. And then they come to me because they say, I don't know how I can possibly do my holy hour every day as I maintain the demands of my motherhood. I say, well, I know one, for example, woman who does that, she, she actually literally wakes up at 1.45 every morning and does her holy hour at night, you know? So then they say, oh, I can't do that, Father. I say, well, okay. Maybe, in fact, that balance is the point where Christ is calling you into. But how do I balance that? How do I stay faithful to God in prayer and faithful to God's calling in my family and then faithful, of course, to God's calling in my career. Do I sacrifice one and give to the other? You know, it's almost like, well, I have to because I only have 24 hours in this day. And uh, so I just want to let you guys all know, I did something. I, I, I recently died and went to heaven and I appeared before God and I asked him for one thing. And he said, what do you want, my son? And I said, if I could just give everyone in the world one more hour a day, they would all give it to you. <laughs> and then God started laughing and he said, Father Nathan, the answer is no. And I said, why, my Lord? And he said, because I've already given them 24 and they can't figure out how to give me one back. Now, of course, I'm just joking about that. But at the same time, like, it's true. We're never going to have a 25th hour. We're never going to have an eighth day of the week. We're never going to have a 366th day of the year. So the real question is, how do I use the 24 hours, seven days, and 365 days that I am given? If, instead of we, me waiting to have more time, why don't I just prioritize the time that I have? And you say, well, the, the answer, Father, is easy because there are three priorities. How in the world am I supposed to prioritize my time when all of them are super important? You know, and it is, of course, family is the most important thing. No, God's the most important thing. Oh, wait a second. If I, if I don't have my career, I can't eat. So that's the most important thing. How am I supposed to balance these three? All of them are important. It reminds me of uh, some advice that I got from a business advisor who's just an amazing person. And he said, Father Nathan, if everything is important in life, then nothing is important. And I thought, dang, he's right. If everything is important, then nothing is important. What is comes first? 
Well, that's what makes us afraid, right? Because if I put something first, then it's going to take away from the other two. And I don't want to take away from the other two. I mean, God obviously comes first, but if I spend my time praying, I can't take care of the kids. And if I can't take care of the kids, well, they, they come first. Well, if my kids come first, well, then how am I going to advance in my career? And, and I want to advance in my career. It's not just about the money. It's also about, well, the fact that I like to work and actually enjoy what I do. And, and I'd like to be really good at what I do. And aren't I supposed to do that? I'm supposed to be good with God. I'm supposed to be good with the kids. I'm supposed to be good with my career. And that means all three are important. And that means, of course, like I said, if everything in life is important, then there's nothing that's important. How do I find a priority? And knowing the priority, how do I really invest in it without losing track of the other two? This is a real question. It's a question that as a priest, I get confronted with all the time because all of us are trying to do what's right. How are you going to answer that question? Father Nathan is producing an ongoing source of videos to form, unite, and inspire you and your family. Go to eagleeyeministries.org. That's E-A-G-L-E-E-Y-E ministries.org. And subscribe to Eagle Eye Pro. Subscribe today. Trying to understand how to put a priority in my life will give me the strength to actually succeed in it. The easiest way to not get where you need to go is to not know where you need to get. <laughs> in other words, if we don't make a focus in our life and we don't have a plan, we will instead be just buffeted by the different people and the different forces in our life that tell us how to live. That we, we need to grasp our life by both hands and move it forward in the direction that we know God is taking us, right? This is what makes us leaders. This is what makes us effective people. This is what make us, makes us happy in life, actually living the life that we want to live. Well, to do that, I've got to have my, my target down. Well, then how do I juggle these three balls, all of which are necessary, regardless of, of my state in life, my faith and my demands that God makes on me, the, the family, the, the demands that my family makes on me, and then my work, the, the realities of life. Even if your career isn't very interesting and you'd rather not be in it, the fact is you need to do it. All of us have a job, and all of those jobs take an immense amount of time and energy from us. How do I find that balance? A successful person will balance those three by integrating all of them in something deeper. The question is not so much juggling three balls and to which one I'm going to give my time. The real solution to this question is how it, is it that I bring the power of the one that I am paying attention to into the other two? You see what I mean? We're afraid of that if I give attention to God, I'm going to lose my capacity for my career and I'm going to deprive my family of that time that I'm giving to God. But what if I could take my family life and take my career and actually allow them to be fed and strengthened by the time that I give to God? In other words, what if giving priority to one of the, of the three would actually feed and strengthen the other two? In other if I was really able to spend the time that I need with my family, take care of the, the screaming babies, etc., 
and make that a prayer? Wouldn't that be something? And what if being in that family life and dynamic would actually strengthen me on the inside to be a better worker in my career and in my job? And then then in the third way, of course, what if advancing in my career made me more intelligent for my family and I saw advancing in my career as my mission that God gave me to accomplish on this face of the earth? If I, in other words, took the other two and found a way to integrate them into whichever one I'm focusing in on the second, how do I do that? That would, of course, be the ideal, right? Because then instead of saying I'm taking time away, I'd actually be saying that I'm fully present And I'm moving forward in all three areas of my life, regardless of which area I'm focusing my time on. There is a way. It's the way that monks have lived for centuries. Monks are amazing people. Think about this. With a monk, you never have vacation. You never go anywhere. You stay in the same zone and you do the exact same things each day. Take the Carthusians, for example. They never sleep more than four hours at a time. So they go to bed at like at seven at night. They wake up at 11 at night. They pray for the world for two hours in the middle of the night. Then they go back to bed at one and they wake up at five. And they do the exact same thing, keeping their schedule every day of the rest of their lives. Say, don't they ever burn out? Don't they ever need a break? And the answer is no. And then you'd say, well, how is it that spending so much time with God, don't they find, you know, that they don't know each other? And the answer is they know and love each other more than most. And then when you look at the works that these monks produce, it's astounding. The handcraft, the skill, the way that these monasteries have over time completely beautified the landscape around them. The, the jobs that they have are proficient at are enough to sustain the entire community from making of chocolate to ranching, whatever it is that they do. They're, they live an integrated lifestyle and that integrated lifestyle is one that increases their quality of life. In other words, an old monk is a happy man. This is an amazing thing, right? Wouldn't you love to be that way? To be at the end of your life and say, man, I am more alive now than I was when I was young. I am more perfect in my soul. I am more intelligent. I'm more enthused and passionate about life now than I am when I was younger. That would be amazing, right? It's kind of like living the dream. Well, monks are that way. When you find a a person who's lived an integrated life, there's almost like an upward trajectory to their life. They go straight up into heaven. Their life finishes in God. It starts with this earth and and it takes a direct line straight up the moment they enter the monastery and it never stops growing in intensity. This is something that people don't realize about monasteries. A lot of them think, ah, oh, monks, they're these people where everything is just quiet and they're just sitting around on their benches studying birds. <laughs> it's like, or watching the plants grow. I'm like, no, you don't understand. The monk is someone who's defined by his quest for God. And his quest for God pushes him into a life in a community lived for others. 
and you got to remember that the first missionaries were monks. You came out of the desert. You came out of the wilderness. The, the monks that went that took the Catholic faith to Scotland, for example, St. Columba. He was an amazing guy. He, he brought the faith on a leather-clad boat from Ireland into Scotland, landed at the Isle of Iona, and he founded a monastery where he translated scriptures and became a center of learning that ended up spreading the faith all the way through Scotland. He was a monk, and he founded monasteries. St. Patrick, the great bishop of Ireland, how did he evangelize? He founded monasteries. A Christian is called to live an integrated life. And monks are masters of that integration. This is why the Catholic faith spread and Christianity spread and withstood the, the, the ravages of the barbarians and the degradation the, and the collapse of the societies that have happened in a cyclical fashion over the course of time. Now, there are many reasons for this. God's blessing, God's grace, but also the fact that the Christian form of life represents a healthy, robust, and full human life. A Christian balances by integrating. And that integration is healthy and an upward spiral of energy. A, an old monk, I'll say it again, is a person whose life cannot be finished and capped off except by an embrace with the infinite almighty God himself. This embrace, of course, is infinitely overwhelming him because he's so high and above. And yet, wouldn't it be amazing for your soul instead of kind of like saying, I'm just limping through my life, hoping to find some way to eventually balance things and always feeling guilty. Wouldn't it be amazing if instead you were to say, I have taken this entire world into my soul and my family, my career has been consumed by my love for God. And that love for God can only be consummated by an embrace with him in heaven where I will be lost in him, in the knowledge of him and in the love for him for all eternity. That's the Christian vision. And that's what's possible for each one of us. Are you looking for a way to go deeper in your Catholic faith, find friends, and discover the reason why Christ put you on this earth? If so, I want to invite you to a very special program with Eagle Eye Ministries called Ecclesia, running from June 25th to July 26th at Walsh University in Ohio. This is the very best program at Eagle Eye Ministries. Sign up now, ecclesia.eagleeyeministries.org. Registration closes February 8th. Sign up now. So the question in front of us now is, how is it that I do that integration? Where do I go from here practically? Well, when we speak about integration, remember what we're saying. Integrate means to make something a part of a whole. So each of the three main priorities that I have to focus in on, family, career, faith, need to be just a part of something that's bigger than them. Instead of saying, I have one and not the other, I need to say that the other two are present wherever there's one. And I can only do that if I bring them into something that's bigger than them. What possibly could be bigger than them? And the answer to that is the human person 
who's living for each of those three priorities. You, in other words, are the secret to the integration. I, if I can take my career, my faith, my family, and see them as expressions of who I am, that the what that I am doing in my life flows from my who, well then each one of those three areas becomes an expression of the person who is doing them. Let's go back to the monks for a second. Why is it that they live a life that's an upward spiral? Why is it that they live a life of constant increase in who they are? It's because everything that they do is done out of a decision to love. Their love for God impels them to do their work. I am working in the fields. I'm working in my craft. I'm working at my job because God Almighty has put me here on the earth to accomplish this task. That means that now my work is filled with religious significance. And I sanctify my work by bringing my heart and my soul that has been sanctified by God and sent by God into that work and bringing it fully to be present there in what I'm doing. From typing to creating to managing, if I have the sense that God has anointed me for this work that I am doing and that I'm fulfilling his mission in doing it, then my work becomes eight hours or 10 hours of a, an expression of a religious sacrifice to God. And taking that same principle and saying that I am the one that integrates these three into who I am, I take my work back with me into my prayer. This is the deep meaning of the Mass. When you bring the bread and the wine from the people, why do you do that? Because the bread symbolizes their work, their wine symbolizes the suffering, and you bring the successes and the sorrows of humanity from their weak and lay them on the altar of God, where the priest unites them with the sacrifice of Christ on the cross and brings them up to the Father. That means that your prayer as a Catholic needs to feed on what you're experiencing in your workplace. Don't leave your work outside of your prayer. If you do that, or if you want to do that, you're probably in a career that simply doesn't, is, isn't apt for you. You should be passionate about what you work for with the passion that comes from your religion. And your religion ought to be a place where you bring your successes and your sorrows from your work week into your prayer and you make them the kindling of the fire of your prayer. And your family. Well, your family, of course, needs to be what we accept to do as also an expression of our love for God. I'm in my family taking care of my kids because this is Jesus given to me. This is his vocation that he's asked me to do. So my religiosity and my prayer finds their expression in that mission. I, I, I don't take away from my family at the same time by praying. I bring my entire family up into God by my praying. The secret is to be present in everything that you do as if you were sent there by God, doing it for God, with a love in your heart for God. In, in the Bible, Jesus speaks about this in terms of the great commandment of charity, saying that the same love that we have for God, we end up turning and giving to our neighbor. It's in a different 
type of exercise. One is religious and the other is fraternal. But at the same time, it's the same divine love by God. First John, right? He who says, I love God and hates his brother is a liar. Whoever loves his brother stays in the light. And then this, the love of God is in him. There's a unity, in other words, between fraternal charity, the love I give to my family, the love I give to the workplace, and the love that I give for God. Where do they all become unified by me? This is the big challenge. The more that I am present, having chosen what I'm doing and where I am and who I am as an ex authentic expression of my freedom, the more that everything that I do will be filled with the choices that I've made in all three domains. To be an integrated person, in other words, it means to be a person who's responsible for the now, who has said where I am and what I'm focusing in on is in fact an authentic expression of everything that I've learned and taken from all three domains of my life. I don't leave my family behind when I pray. I bring my family into my prayer. I am a father of a family who's praying. And I don't leave my prayer behind when I'm taking care of a child. I'm doing this in the name of Jesus the Lord. And I'm loving my spouse in creative ways that are authentically romantic. And I'm really getting, giving them the best of my heart. And I'm doing that because, because of the love of Christ which has entrusted this person to me. And when I'm involved in the workplace, it's a person of a family, the father of a family, the, the daughter of a father, whatever my relationship is, I am bringing my family into that work because the character, the personality, the creative energy of my entire family upbringing is present as I am there laboring for that particular job. And my religiosity is present because what I'm doing, I'm doing with the understanding and the ethics and the drive that God has given me. The real question, in other words, that allows me to integrate all those areas of my life is to live them intentionally, out loud, purposefully, with the drive and the passion of a Christian. When I do this, the world is sanctified, my family life flourishes, and my religiosity becomes authentic. This is the call of the integrated Christian. This is the call that God has for each one of us. Dare great things for Christ. Share your feedback with Father Nathan. Send us an email at info at stjohninstitute.org. That's info at stjohninstitute.org. And don't forget to subscribe to premium video content to form, unite, and inspire you at Eagle Eye Pro on our website, eagleeyeministries.org. That's eagleeyeministries.org.